Hey guys. Here we go. Welcome to episode 79 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Karma number five, and my fellow host may come to the bitter revelation that he will be a NASCAR fan once he relocates to his new abode, Big Tuck. You're like the fourth person who's brought that up. Let me go on record. I think NASCAR is abhorrent. Uh, I think it's an extremely boring sport. And here's the thing where it's like, I don't ever, uh, well, first things first here. Uh, and uh, hello, cats and kittens. I don't really have any bits set for this one yet. Uh, but like, look, I don't, if I ever hear somewhat if i ever hear this happen ever again where it's like i love nascar and i think it's really exciting to see someone drive around in a circle for four hours and get blackout <laughs> drunk then i'm gonna immediately go to them and be like what do you think about gas prices oh they're way too high yeah no wonder when you're just burning gas and ruining cars it's such a stupid sport right uh and, oh my god i had this out with somebody the other thing too is like i understand that it's a professional sport right but like you're you're wasting resources that are not infinite like hypothetically in the trajectory of humankind that we are going on with there is a potential of infinite basketball players right and you're only using resources that are coming out of your body and going into your body right but basketball in that sense is a very is a very tight loop the argument could be made that resources are wasted with their airfare because they have to travel the 41 games sure a year, all the fans all the all the wasted merchandise I mean, okay. wh where does it end? All right, where so, does it end? So wait, so this actually, this makes me, I'm even more into that side of the conversation because it continues a lot of my trend that sports are a bunch of bullshit <laughs> and they're the, they're the spawn of evil and capitalism and all things that are bad in America. There, I said it. Wait, I wait. do, because I'm brave. I'm, I'm brave, Mr. Combo. I'm not scared. I'm not, we're not being paid off by big sports. But I, I would also like to point out that Tuck played sports in high school. Played sports in college and played Indeed. sports as an adult. <laughs> Correct, but I never got I never got airfare paid for any of them or needed it. Well, anyway, now that my ire's up, I can feel I can feel my heart beating in my chest, and it could be the spicy food. How are you, sir? You're looking great. You got your festive sweater on for this ten degree day that we had here. Yeah, good which God. feels like which feels like Florida comparative to the rest of the week. I know, which is kind of crazy. So, uh, as you guys will notice, Squee McGee is not uh, on with us. Uh, we ended up having to record uh, significantly earlier than we normally do to help accommodate me, because as of tomorrow, but it'll be a week from the past when you guys finally hear this, uh, I have to wake up at 3 a.m. to catch a flight uh, that boards at 5.30. So, uh, you know, we're doing a little, little early rigmarole here. And so we've gone from negative six so today's like 10 or 12 yeah and tomorrow i'll be in 70 degree weather so i'll probably have a heat stroke <laughs> i was gonna say i think you're, i think you're like i have you ever had um what's it called I, so uh when i was living in colorado the temperature could go from like in the morning it's like 10 degrees and snowing and then by the time i was biking home it was like 65 and sunny and every single person in my grad school got sick all at the same time in one week oh really because the temperature change was so rapid <laughs> so make sure you keep make sure you keep hydrated and not and mark no margaritas and frozen pina coladas do not count. Uh, they Those absolutely do. Not count do. I went to the liquor store today, so FYI for the collective. why you go to a resort. Get this, uh, they do not serve booze now on planes because of COVID. 
Oh, you just got to make a little to-go bottle? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, me and my fiance, we got like 10 different mini bottles each. But the kicker, and this is a little Mr. Combo t tools of the trade. Ooh, uh, and, and by the, the trade, toolbox. I mean being a drunk. Uh, what you have to do <laughs> is you have to get through security, do the tiny bottles, no problem there. But right. then you got to go to one of the concession stands inside the airport once you're through security, buy a soda, buy a juice, you drink like a little a, bit. Get a Sprite, yeah. You mix it then because you cannot mix it on the plane. It's against FAA regulations. They have to oh, serve the is alcohol. It? Okay. But if you already go in with a Coke or a Sprite, no yeah. harm, no foul. See, I didn't know that, and my mom does the same gimmick, but evidently she doesn't know that either, because I've seen her just open up. She, like, there's weird things that I have with my mom. Like, there's one time where she was, like, just, we were at my house. I was, like, right here when I first moved in. They turned, and she was, like, hey, and I turned around, and she just had a disposable camera that, like, went off my face. So, where'd you get that? She's, like, I've had it on the whole time. So, like, I've seen, I've seen her on a plane before. I just look over, and I hear, like, I see her order something, and she gets, like, a tomato juice, right? And then I just see her, like, right around just come up with a bottle like one of those mini bottles and just pour it right in and make it a bloody mary so because we could talk about this for hours which i think goes yes. into that whole thing that sweet talked about we could just sit here and bull and you guys could listen yeah the thing that i could literally picture your mom doing is having one of those massive purses she's on the plane orders her tomato juice yeah and then instead of pulling out a mini bottle of vodka she pulls out a goddamn fifth <laughs> like, you're like mom how did you get that here she's like what are you talking about yeah i don't know what you're talking about uh no that's exciting um we're gonna for those who will be listening to this we already got a great guest lined up i just talked to him today for next week so that'll be exciting yeah that's gonna be great and of course guys thanks for tuning into the episode and with that manolith commentary is squeamy gee at rich chaos records Yuri, well, Yuri buried the lead because you said he's not here. Well, yeah, but, you know, he could just, like, randomly cut oh. us off and then start talking. Yeah, uh, so, that's, that's true. We better, make, we better make it as difficult as possible for him, like we have been doing this whole time. <laughs> but if you guys want more ways to support Squeeze editing chances, which he probably has a better chance at winning the lottery than trying to edit over us and make it coherent uh, and all the content <laughs> we put out, head over to our sponsor, level1gameshop.com. Uh, they sell everything you need from a tabletop gaming perspective, Plus, they're the ones that hook you up with those monthly giveaways. Uh, so please go do some orders with them because supporting them supports us, which supports you. It's just circles. It's like what they say, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. It's a circle. It's just a, oh, it's don't just you a bring circle. don't you bring that on this podcast? That's a great way to get canceled. <laughs> Cancel cool. How dare you? Uh, so if you guys would actually like to put dollars in our pockets, uh, it would be appreciative to go to our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/CMDTower. We have four different pledge levels, and the rewards vary from just a dollar a month, getting into the Discord, getting into Deck Therapy, and we will have that new segment that debuted earlier in the week. The Council of the Unbanned, which will be its own channel to where you guys can go in and vote whether or not cards should be unbanned Ooh. or stay on the ban list. Uh, all the way up to $25 a month where you do get uh, all of the swag that we offer. So whenever we come out with and, new swag, you get it. Uh, you get our old swag. You, you just get all the stuff. And just to put a, a cherry on top of that, I make it my pledge to kiss every individual item that we send out from here on in. <laughs> So if you need to clone me, that's a surefire way, government. <laughs> Listen, I know you're hearing this. 
but if you guys can't help from a monthly perspective, maybe you see on Mr. Bever's Twitch channel or MTG Lexicon or in the aforementioned CMD Tower Twitch channel that hopefully one day will actually be a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you can uh, head over to our store, cmdtower.com slash merch. You can order any of the swag that our patrons have access to. Uh, please buy it. It is consuming my basement. It is kind of like the Gremlins. Like I got it wet after midnight and now they won't stop <laughs> <laughs> Someone accidentally spilled a beer on it last time we were over there at the Super Bowl party. Oh, that was a f cry fest. Anyways, uh, if you would, if you guys actually can't help us financially either way, just share the content you're watching and listening to because every little bit of interaction from the collective does help. And of course, big shout out to Pink Royal for the music provided at the beginning and the end and our video editor at t.coats on Twitter. He's the one that puts together these awesome YouTube videos for you, puts a lot of hard work into it, and he's even putting in the overtime to help uh, us out with me being out Fridays uh, so we can have the content early so you guys get it rise and shine on Friday morning. So Bruce nice. Bills is our deck tech series. Since we conquered the path to 32, we have moved on to the endless themes that EDH can bring us. Each month will be a new theme and we correlate how these decks are constructed similar to how a beer is brewed. So we broke it down into four different categories. The first one's rampant setting your board state. That's grains. And grains are the foundation of every beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in about a 60 to 40 ratio. This helps with the color, the taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of the beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp in your bigger threats. And just look like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. And then Look. the next is, how does your board interact with the rest of your <laughs> opponents? That's called hops. Uh, and hops give the beer's patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. And then we have, how does your deck actually close out and win games? We call that yeast. And yeast are living microorganisms that eat the sugar from uh, the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds alcohol content like the 7.4% in this pale Doppelbach lager I'm currently enjoying um, and the carbonation. How big is yours? Gonna be, you're going to be real upset. I'm drinking a cranberry turbo shandy that's at 7%. Whoa! <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting wet. Uh, without yeast, you're going to be drinking flat sugar water. Um, and with yeast, you're still drinking flat sugar water if it's a shandy. Um, and, without, and also without yeast, your cards... Without yeast cards, your deck won't meet the goal of winning the game. I'm losing it. Oh, God. And then we have shenanigans. This could be pet cards, synergies, alter the broods, which it's here! But it's not a, it's not a, it's not a spice. We got the spice baggage. Mm -hmm. There was one in here that I am very proud of you for. Um, not every beer has them. The spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into jalapeno stout, or the addition of hops that turn IPA into a double IPA. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does is where we generally talk about it. And then we have the end of the episode. Ah, just kidding. It's a bottle capping. These are going to be big nice cuts and adds to the deck that are going to be under $5, under $50, and a no-budget recommendation. The only restriction is no mana-only lands, which honestly, this deck doesn't really need. Like, yeah, I think you have you have one in you have one in here that I think pulls a lot of weight um, in the early game. Sure. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I can't really think of any that's super yeah. exciting for it. Right. Uh, so without further ado, let's get <clears throat> brewing. So we're rounding out the commander is everything. <laughs> We finish with a mediocre Arumi of the Dead Tide deck that you guys have heard a lot about. I call it Arami is really into composting. She's just yes, just really into it. She wants to take her it trash, is. reuse it a little bit, and then it's gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 
And also, it's exciting because you can get now you have yet another commander that you can get an altar with fish titties on it. So, I mean, that's really exciting too. I, I <laughs> lady, do, another lady merfolk. I do love fish breasts. Uh, <laughs> why isn't that a thing? You know, you can get chicken breasts. There's no fish breasts. Come on, that's just sexist. I don't think. Yeah, because they have a fillet. I think it's because it's like a full section of muscle. But I mean, I've seen some sexy fish in my life, so you know, <laughs> they're just really getting the short. End, they're getting, the, they're getting the, the long end of the pole on that one. Get Ooh, it? Long uh, into the fish stick. Yo, yowza! Well, uh, Tech, why don't you read this off one. this sexy fish? Uh, what what her CMC is and what she does. This is what happens when Squee isn't here to rein us in. Um, so Rami of the Dead Tide is a legendary creature, Merfolk, Wizard, 1-4, uh, an uncommon, um, coming fresh out of the gates out of Commander Legends is what that set was called, right? Yeah, or I think it's called Commander yeah. Pringle. I, yeah, no kidding. I mean, that feels like a year ago, and we just saw previews for the next one today. Strixhaven, yeah. Yeah, yikes. Um, but anyways... I think this card is really cool because it took a brand new um, a brand new mechanic and gave it kind of wings. So sure. uh, it has an ability that tap exile cards from your graveyard equal to the number of opponents you have. Target creature card in your graveyard gains Encore until end of turn. The Encore cost is equal to its mana cost. So Encore, for those who don't know, which is most of us at this point, um, exile the creature card and pay its mana cost. For each opponent, create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able. They gain haste. Sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step, which I think is critical. Yeah. Um, and then you activate this only as a sorcery. So it's kind of a little bit like Myriad from the graveyard. Sure. Um, but the thing I like about them is they stick around through the entire turn as well. And they get sacrificed. I believe Myriad, they get exiled. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing I kind of like about this. There's there's multiple things. First off, very interesting mechanic, having Myriad from the graveyard. But yeah. I think they really did put some good thought into it to make sure this didn't end up broken. Because here's mm -hmm. a few things that they did. A... You can only do it at sorcery speed. That's humongous. Yeah. B, yeah. you have to exile the creature that you're doing the encore with on top mm -hmm. of exiling however many cards you need to for however many opponents. That's right. humongous as well because you're limiting your resources and there's just really few and far between cards that can pull from exile uh, outside of restarting the game. So Totally agree. I, I think and this is built fair. The only yeah. thing that i do i get it it would make it too good but i do wish you could point the tokens at one opponent to you know yeah. I, I hate that you yeah. have to go yeah, one yeah. in each i wish one, you one, could one. get a little bit more flexibility but it would be kind of gross if yeah. you i don't know encored out like a gross eldrazi and you're like hey all annihilator 39 oh. going at your face <laughs> right yeah, exactly. Um, and I, and I, like back to the point about the Encore too, I think we've talked a lot. Uh, one thing that's frustrating to me is they come out with a new mechanic and there's all, there's so little support for it, right? Yeah. So if this said something, I think this card would be infinitely worse if uh, if it said like, whenever you Encore, blah, 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 happens, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, which, is, which is how like a lot of times they do that, right? With cycling or whatever the case may be. Or that Sky flashback deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, like I think it's cool. I think the, the, the thoughts I had on it up front is uh, I was kind of surprised. For like four months. Now yes, exactly. It. I've, <laughs> I played it I played it at least once in the Boxing, Boxing League. League. What, a fail, what a failure that was. Um, and I, I so pre-cast, I was like, 
So did you like swap out any cards? <laughs> so I'm seeing a lot of ones in here from Commander's Legends. Uh, but yeah, I think so. I think the 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 kind of the the trick with the commander, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Raza or Kaza, the Royal Chaser. Oh, yeah, because it because it kind of does everything that those colors want. Right of mill, sure. you know, blue and black creatures have piles of good ETB effects, um, but it's a little maybe like a little slower or maybe like a little more fair than those other ones, fair. especially with the exiling the cards. Um, and I think that the only real thing that jumped out at me in front, um, color distribution, very close, uh, yeah. almost on the mark with didn't a very limited land base. Didn't even very li very limited land base. You didn't really. Nope. <laughs> Did you also intend to put in all the different swamps and yes. islands? Hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of effort done on that one. Um, the the CMC is three five, which is I is that to me is really interesting because I can kind of see this. I can kind of see this deck being built one of two ways, and I think that you are kind of straddling the line between it, right? So one way, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, one way you do it is you do it on the super cheap side, right? Mm -hmm. And the goal is you're getting these quick, repeatable effects early and often. And then the other side is you just only stack it with big heavy hitters and try to get to that point as fast as possible. And I think your deck has done a good job of kind of walking that line where if you need to get that incremental value of those two drops or three drops just to progress you further in the game, you can. But you still have some big, like, giant game-ending threats on the higher end of the curve. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm definitely trying to Johnny Cash it here. See what I did there? Walk the, Walk line. the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, get it! <laughs> It's always funny when you have to explain your own joke. Uh, so, but yeah, I, th I think you've explained it great, Tuck. And this is actually, this was a purposeful purposeful way I built the deck. Because, you know, to use like a Sakura Tribelder, for example, you know, I, I wanted the deck to have it to where you have these utility creatures that, I mean, they're really chump blockers. They may have a decent yeah. ETB effect or die effect or a tap effect. But it's okay. Well, if they do go to the graveyard, they serve one of two purposes. Either A, I could encore them out and get multiple values, like getting three Sakura Tribe Elders. That's three. You know, let me swing in. Oh, yeah. I got two damage in. One guy's going to block. Let's sack it. Go get the land. Then I'll sack the other guys. Go get those lands. But then the other side is, well, now this is encore fodder for my bigger things to exile out of the graveyard. So I do think, right. you know, you could build it to where it's super high-end big creatures or super low-end tiny creatures, but I think the tiny creatures only works if you have stuff like Intruder Alarm to where you can encore multiple times and you're able yeah, to yeah, just, yeah. just get filthy amounts of cards in your graveyard. It seems like something terrifying Tyler would do. Uh -huh. Yeah, and then for sure. On the, on the upper end, I think you can only do that if you're in colors that can ramp incredibly hard and Demir just is not not something yeah. I'm going to say like, oh, I could get to nine mana on turn three. No, that's that's yeah. not really the way the colors play. So I think with this, because this is a mid range commander, it's definitely a value commander. You have to build it to where you have your dink and dunk type creatures. You have your dink and dunk artifacts. It gives you something to do, and I'll say this flat out. This is definitely a 6 out of 10, maybe 5 out of 10 deck. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, and I don't really, and I, maybe we'll get to it, but I think it would be a stretch to try to make this into an 8 or a 9. I just, I think this is one of those commanders that you said earlier. It's like a Kaza. It's just powered down compared to other Demir because it even taps yeah. itself. So it's not like I can just activate it as much as I want to, as long as I can. You have to figure out ways to untap yeah. it or, or re repeatably get more of the Encore effects.
I think, and the, the last point, I'll, I agree with you for sure on the power level of it. And I think that if you wanted to make it super strong, you would just take out some of the fun cards and put in generic good blue-black stuff. And then yeah. it's like, what's the point of even trying to build this, right? Yep, you totally got it. Uh, so he did talk about CMC. We, we talked about the color pie pricing. I was kind of surprised considering I did just throw this together. It's around 400 ish dollars, which isn't you that kind of, isn't that kind of sad though, that a deck you just throw together is like $400. I, know, like, right? I feel like a deck you throw together should be 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there is like, you did, the, you did open some very valuable cards in sure. uh, Commander Legends, which I think like if you take out one of them, then it's like what three hundred <laughs> or something like that. Oh, and the big rip, the the big money rip that you got out of the pack too. So if you take yeah. out three cards, it's like two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, let's get into this deck. Uh, let's talk about some composting. And every time I say that, I always think of Gwyneth Paltrow in Avengers Endgame. Uh, so I'm going to start this off with, remember she has the book and Tony's like, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, reading about composting. He's like, what's new about composting? Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, let's I go, that. we're derailed. Let's go rampant grain build. I'm going to start this off. Yes. This is a commander legends card, but this, it, the way that you ramp in this deck is by filling the graveyard, not necessarily because you're going to try to cheat the stuff out like traditional Demir, but because you need things to exile out of it. So it does that. It also provides me a flying blocker. It's a oh. Edgar Allan Poe favorite. We're talking about a crow of dark tidings. Yeah. Uh, two colorless black creature zombie bird, which that's just terrifying. Zombie shouldn't fly. <laughs> uh, it's a two one for 14 cents flying. When crow of dark tidings enters the battlefield or dies, mill two cards. So you put the top two of your library into your graveyard. Well, this can't be a good sign. <laughs> Old Rustin. Rustin. So I, I, like, I like this for three because in theory, it ramps me to into the yard, and then when it dies, which I want it to die, it's gonna get me another two. So for three, I'm getting four cards, actually five cards in the graveyard if you count itself. Yeah. And then, you know, like Tuck talked about, I could do some value on core early game. Like, you know what? I'm not really doing anything. Maybe there's a planeswalker that I need to kind of like chip away at a little bit. Let's yeah. go ahead and encore out Crow of Dark Tidings. Now I'm milling six at first, and then I'm gonna mill another six. That just means for basically six mana, I just milled, what's that? 12, 14, 16 cards. That's yeah. phenomenal. And I yeah. had four two one flying blockers or attackers. Yeah, hit the nail on the head. <coughs> oh, excuse me. I know you get choked up about it. <laughs> It's just, I, just love, I just love Crow so much. Uh, no, I think he hit the nail on the head uh, pretty much across the board. Um, this is like one of those, this is one of those cards that's kind of been around for a while and I don't think it's really found a deck that works. And this one in particular is weird because it plays a lot of mill cards, but very little like opponent mill, right? And usually this deck, you're kind of digging for like a reanimate target or something like that. Um, so I think it does a lot of work here. And again, pain, pain, it pays for, and the uh, last thing I'll say too is it pays for itself with the cards exiled from the graveyard as soon as it comes in with the encore. Yep. So again, sure. you, you chump block some flyer to protect something of yours. Next turn, you don't have much gas, you're off to the races. You got it. All right, Tuck, what's your grain card? 
So this is a card that I've had in so many decks, I would say probably six, and it just always pretty much underperforms for me. Oh. And definitely doesn't shred. Mmm. And maybe it's got a lion on it for some reason. Uh, it's 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 because Atlantister always pays its debts. <laughs> no, no, no. Or is it because uh uh Cersei always shreds paper? <laughs> Uh, but I'm talking about, are we talking about this or am no. I? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm talking about Codex Shredder. Uh, well, it's a really I, basic I, I artifact. Love, I love the buildup. And then when you finally like say it, it's like, oh, we're talking about Codex Shredder. Yeah, we're doing, we're doing Codex Shredder. Figure it out. Um, one colorless uh, for an artifact. It's an uncommon, about seven cents. Uh, tap, target player mills a card, which is awesome now that that's now an evergreen ability. Yep. Like love it um so you put the top card of your graveyard in your library uh and then five colorless tap sack it return target creature card sorry return target card from your graveyard to your hand so again in this deck i think there are a, a fair amount of mill decks where you can kind of hamper yourself by milling away uh milling away a land that you desperately need yeah. a removal spell um you know a planeswalker whatever the case is and you're really just trying to hunt for artifact only artifacts or only creatures whereas in this deck even if you do hit those value things that you can't get back out you're still generating fodder for like yes. the big beaters right um, that, that's, something I, that's something I always complained about that Geese and Geralt deck is whenever I cast mm -hmm. them and then it's the mill four, it's like crap, I did an enchantment and this does nothing now. Like I have no yeah. I have no way of doing it. And you are absolutely right. You mill an enchantment in this, it's like, oh, well that's all right. I need stuff to exile anyways. Right. And and in this one in particular, you're you're winning through creatures that you're encoring out, right? So if you do hit one of those things, you know, uh, uh, mana rock or you know, protection enchantment or whatever, it, it doesn't hurt as bad. The the five colorless and tap, I think, is probably pretty overcosted. But again, in a pinch, you can still sack yes. it, get back what you need, and then it fills the graveyard for what you took out. Exactly. Which you can kind of. It's kind of like uh, the uh, what do we talk about? Like. Uh, Kind of like the uh, rummage or loot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's card replacement. It's not card advantage. So right. in this, I'm, I'm not losing a card or gaining a card in the graveyard. It's just like you know what? Let's put Codex Shredder there and let me get this omniscience back to my hand. Something like right. that. Yeah, absolutely. So no, I I think this is a slam dunk for the stack too. Yeah, and the other reason I really like it, it, it is a one drop. Uh, just notice I don't have Soul Ring in here. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. Considering we'll get to, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, th this this card does a lot for the deck because I can play it turn one like a Soul Ring. And honestly, I'd rather have this over a Soul Ring turn one because I'd rather start getting things to the graveyard mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. Because most likely in Demir, I'm not getting my commander out till turn three. Turn four is when she'll have uh, Summoning Sickness yeah. gone and I can actually activate it. And if I've had Codex Shredder out since turn one that's four cards to the graveyard that is three for an opponent and potentially a creature that i can encore on turn four so that's a lot of value Definitely. yeah all right slam dunk glad, glad to see a deck it works in well you know i had to talk about some planeswalkers uh oh uh oh so we're gonna talk about a bad boy from m21 yeah, we are. Here yeah. we go. Three, two, one. Teferi, Teferi Master, Master of Time. time. Two, two colorless, two blue, blue for a legendary planeswalker. Teferi comes in with three loyalty counters, ten dollars. <laughs> All right. 
right. Boom. Uh, it does have a static ability. You may activate loyalty abilities of Teferi on any player's turn anytime you could cast an instant. Plus one, draw a card, then discard a card, which I'll pause there. That's why it's in the green, because yeah. anytime a Planeswalker can do a plus ability and it fuels your game plan, that that's great. Yeah. You yeah. know what? Attack it all day long if you want. But it does have some other things. Minus three, target creature you don't control phases out. This is in the Commander is Everything month. This deck sucks if I can't get a Rami <laughs> on the battlefield and keep her there. So in a pinch, like you say, you know, on my turn, I'm going to plus one and we're going to go to four. Tuck's turn goes, he's like, you know what? I can't have this sorcery speed removal, or maybe you had to untap to try to get rid of a Rami because you know I have something gross in the graveyard. Okay, you know what? I'll just go ahead and minus three to fairy. I'll go to one. Let's phase Rami out for the turn. Let you, that removal spell are fizzle. Sh are you sure about that? Yeah. Oh, sh target creature. You don't <laughs> All right, fine. It doesn't work that way. And, and well, then we got Sorry. minus 10, take two extra turns after this one. That's irrelevant to me. I, I don't care. Um, the big, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, full stop. Usually plus one, drawing a card, discarding a card can also kind of put you in weird conditions, right? You're filling up, you have to make choices of what to put in your graveyard. Here, similar in scope to Codex Shredder, it doesn't really matter, Yeah. right? And, and you have, it's not a discard the draw or, you know, draw three, have to discard one of those. You can really just continually choose the, card, the cards you don't need. Um, and I think this is a, the minus three, even though it doesn't protect you, phasing is such a bizarro, weird yeah. mechanic that can really shut down someone. In my, I'm guessing playing this deck, people are going to kind of see, I think the first, the hardest part for this deck is going to be turn one through about turn five. Yeah. Because you, you don't have a lot of pro tons of protection. You do have some like easy creatures. But if someone comes screaming out with some sort of Voltron, you're probably going to look like a pretty juicy target. And being able to eliminate that is great. Um, and if you do get to the minus 10, I mean, the game should be over. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing, though. Think about it. It's really not. Because if I get two extra turns after this one, that's three Encore activations. Let's just say I got three opponents. Yeah. Am I really going to have, what's that, nine, 12, and three of those have to be g big game-winning creatures? And then I have to have a way True. to get through? That's where really I think this deck is very mid-range. It's mm. very much the... Uh, it's not a art of the Deville because I'm not really king-making, but this deck right. is a very solid second-place deck. And I'm yeah. hoping through conversations and through some ads, we'll be able to maybe figure out how we can make this to where it could maybe win. Um, and I definitely have some ideas, but you know, I just like the fact that I'm able to, you know, traditionally when you see a Teferi Planeswalker in a deck, it's a gross thing. You're doing gross mm -hmm. stuff. Cause I think Teferi has replaced Jace as the most OP Planeswalker. It yeah. used to be a new Jace got printed, everyone creamed themselves. Now it's Teferi <laughs> gets printed and everyone shits themselves. And so right. it's kind of cool that I was able to find a very powerful Planeswalker and just put it in an okay deck. And really, it's just okay. Because I don't think anyone's yeah. going to be like, oh, Mr. Combo's about to take two extra turns after this. And people are going to be like, okay, what's in his graveyard? Uh, Sakura Tri-Builder and a Codex Shredder. Yeah. Who, who cares? Great. Like, awesome. <laughs> right. Do it. Yeah. So. I totally, totally agree on that. Um, and yeah, I think you're, I, you've turned the corner for me on the, on the minus 10 for sure. All right, Tuck. Since we shared that, what's your last one? You know, every once in a while, when I look at 
some of your decks kind of need some guidance perhaps maybe some would say a map okay but luckily they are now priced to buy as opposed to how they used to be so one of my favorite ramps in non-greens expedition map oh i i love it so again a one drop artifact it's a it's a common this used to be like three dollars i know for the, I, I remember one of the first times we talked with oob uh, ultra budget brews he actually said that he actually used to have expedition map in every single one of his uh budget brew decks but he mm -hmm. had to take it out because the price creeped up so much yep Exactly, and you have the foil for 94 cents, right? Yeah. So really breaking the budget there. Um, so two, it's pretty straightforward. Two colorless tap, sack, search a library for a land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. I use maps to find out where explorers have already been. Then I'll go the other way. Uh, from our old pal Javad Nazrim, an Andu Relic Hunter. So a lot of times the utility in this card is is that the any land clause so you go yeah. find your you know guy's cradle or whatever sure um in my opinion i still think that this card does work in especially non-green pairs because being able to go get your watery graves or sure your, or whatever like any kind of land that you need in a pinch really helps to continue th sort through the, your land base and then beyond that it goes in the graveyard right which is something that you can just immediately cycle away if you want and even if it's later game you now have something that you can either discard or waste or somehow else to get into the graveyard to go fodder for something else that's literally the reason i also run terramorphic expanse in the deck would you know how i feel about that card yes. I, I hate that card sorry squeaky, a lot of bleeping you got to do this episode uh but it's because the fact that even though i hate these cards and i do think they're incredibly slow they do serve dual purposes and i'm all about mm -hmm. that modal life and anything oh, yeah. that can get me a little bit of value on the table and then a little bit of value in the graveyard that's worth running in the 99. yeah especially like as you said this is not a combo deck this is not a screaming yep. deck this is this is a good it's a combo or it's a, a value grinder yeah so sure. yeah I, I actually didn't notice the terramorphic expanse because i'm so used to seeing them in mine <laughs> like oh yeah that tracks all right well my last one is another planeswalker uh shocker shocker uh but it's because that plus one ability gives me that value and and i just it, it's literally like teferi in black it's just a little bit different so we're talking about liliana death's majesty which i want to point out this is the san diego comic-con promo if tapped out is correct which we've already talked about it's a piece of shit now and it sucks uh apparently this promo is only worth four dollars uh which is very upsetting because i definitely <laughs> spent like a hundred for it not the card, but the set. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Liliana Death's Majesty is three colorless, <laughs> black, black. Planeswalker Liliana uh, comes in with five loyalty and it has three abilities and it's a mythic. Plus one, create a two-two black zombie creature token. That's a blocker. Yeah. But the more important part is put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Literally, Teferi. Let's yeah. plus it. Granted, Teferi is a draw discard that could be a little bit better than just milling the top two, but I'll take it because that is ramp. Minus yeah. three, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature is a Oof. black zombie in addition to its other color types, uh, other colors and types. I like that because I do run some legends in here that Encore yes. just doesn't work. Uh, now, granted, one of the legends I do on purpose because Encore doesn't work, and we'll get to that later. But for the most part, I don't want my legends immediately dying when they hit the battlefield. And then the last one, minus seven, that's a desperation thing. I don't really yeah. have any board wipes in here, I think. 
looking through no i, uh, I, really don't. I, I don't think i actually i'm yeah. looking through it again i am like 90 percent sure that you do not yeah i don't so minus seven destroy all non-zombie <laughs> yeah, I so i mean that could backfire one out of 20 games but i, I yeah. think it's fine Ooh. so we'll get into we'll get into the zombie bit a little bit later uh yes and uh do not do not worry my good mr combo the promo is still like 45 bucks oh there we go i feel good so uh yeah, out just, uh, continues to streak of sucking i think this is a weird because i think liliana is kind of in the same boat as jace where just because it's a Liliana card, people think it's better than it might actually be. Sure. And I think this one is one that kind of is, is... Sneaky good. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, minus three to return a target creature card to your graveyard. I think, like, Rise from the Grave costs five. Yeah. And it's just a one-time... It does the exact same thing. So you're replacing an effect like that for something that's repeatable and gives you advantage and fills your graveyard. And like you talked about earlier, turns one through five. Granted, this is a five drop, but you know that early game, people are gonna. If the screamers are there, I might look like a juicy, easy target. Mm -hmm. So uh, this creates a blocker. This can get a blocker from the graveyard. But then the other thing is, people could be scared of it. So it's like I need to attack that. So there is that thought process that planeswalkers give you life gain because people can't lower your life total. And yeah. on top of that, when it dies, which it will. That is Encore fodder for Arami. Yep, just get, just put it right in the compost pile. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the ramp and grain section. Now we're going to have the board state and hot profile. Big Tuck, I'm curious. This this is a value deck, so lots of grains, yes. lots of hops. Let's see if we align on any here. So, uh, you know, I hate to admit it, but every once in a while, a broken clock is correct twice. Yes! And there's a there's a card in here that I think does a lot of work in this deck, and we've talked about it before. How you know bits and pieces, drips and drabs do really matter, and I think that's one of the reasons why Bloodseeker is just such a oh, slam dunk card. Because Bloodseeker's <laughs> one of mine. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one colorless black creature vampire shaman. Yeah, it's a common. Like, you deserve. I was it. like, I, I was just gonna say, I'll read out the whole thing. <laughs> but you saw the bit. Well, you saw the bit I was working on. There. Oh, I, know. I saw exactly how excited. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Bloodseeker is pretty straightforward. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, you may have that player lose one life. A drop of blood is all he needs to find you later. Coming I from Transylvania. I'm so pissed because I actually opened this in one of my draft packs for the boxing oh. league and I never got to play it and that oh, just frustrated no. me to no end. But yeah, this card's this card literally what you said my deck is weak against fights that immediately like outside yes. of Voltron outside of Voltron. Right. I can't do anything against that, but go wide token decks like, OK, create 30 tokens. I'll drain you for 30 life. Yeah, go right. Go right ahead. And if it dies, then great. Another thing to another thing to put on the compost pile. Yeah. Um, and unlike redacted card, which I'm sure you're going to get into next, uh, nope. this instead of attacking this instead of attacking the library does the same thing to life totals. So you're just yep. subbing one L word for another one. And yeah, uh, got it. And and I uh, the other thing too is that since it's creature based, those little drips and drabs, those little nicks and cuts, they will start to add up over time. And I think it, and it's the same argument you make for redacted card um, that if this if this two drop nets you a total of fifteen life for two man across three players, it. yeah, yeah, all day, right? Yeah, um, and it, it's. 
I think this is like similar enchantments we've spoke about. Creature removal is a lot more prevalent, but I'm pretty sure no one's going to Wrath of God or pop a disc just to get rid of this thing compared but, to millions of other stuff. But here's the thing, though. Here's where I'd make the argument. A redacted card, because I'm not talking about it. You're not talking about okay. it. Ultra of the Brood. It is in the deck. It's in the hops. Uh, generate lots of stuff. Okay. Yeah, so, sure. Ultra of the Brood, unless you've played against me, you don't waste removal on that because you're like, mm -hmm. this is stupid. I don't, you're not, you're yeah, not, a, oh, wait, are you playing Bruvac? No. Okay. I don't care. So <laughs> I, I think oh, that's okay, the difference care. between Alter the Brood and Bloodseeker because Bloodseeker, even if you've never played against me, if you see that and you're like, I'm playing Reese the Redeemed, I'm effed. Like, yeah, I, I have to get rid of that. I need a beast yeah, yeah, yeah. and I need something. I think this actually does strike fear into those token players. Whereas Alter the Brood, unless you know me or you've seen it perform at another game, it's like this weird card that you don't catch on to until it's way too late. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. And and to your point, I think people value life over most of anything else. Yes. In my opinion, in my well, opinion, sometimes well, borderline foolishly. Hold on. Let's let's rank what magic players value the most. A lands. B their hand. C C being able, being able to play the game. I think that's pretty important. Well, I'm talking about an actual physical. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, but yes. Okay. We got Land, lands, la lands, hands, decks, and then maybe life total. Or do you think life total is third? Life, I think I think most people think life total because it's oh, okay. Their their argument with the deck is I have a hundred cards, right? But I only have forty life, so yeah, um, yeah. So I yeah, if we go lands, hand, life, library. There we go. There we go. All right. Or or to make it to make it a mnemonic device. <laughs> Well, my second card is another card that I got in the Boxing League, and I was able to play it, and I think Big Tuck was in the game. It's a blue beast. It's yeah, we boy. are. Yeah, it is. Oh, my gosh. Three, two, one. Phyrexian, Phyrexian Ingester. Six colorless blue creature beast. This is what you get uh, for two of my cards. It is a rare. Uh, it has imprint. When it enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-token creature. Phyrexian and Jester gets plus X plus Y, which I've looked this up, and I think there's only one other card that does this, mm -hmm. the Y thing, where X is the exiled creature's power and Y is its toughness. And Ooh. it's a 3-3. Three, three. Yes, out of, let, out of the gates. Let me tell you guys, when I played it in the Boxing League, like even paying seven, it's like, that feels kind of bad, but it is exile, and it gets humongous. You, oh, you, humongous. You, you used a removal? Okay, let me Encore get three of them. How's that? Yeah. And the nice thing about it is most times in a game of magic, when we're talking specifically Encore, usually it's one player that has the big creatures. It's usually not every single person has the big ones, but we all know with Encore, you have to send one at each opponent. So the nice thing right. with things like this is it can enter the battlefield and say, Tuck is playing one of his go tall decks. Well, let me exile three of your biggest things or you're playing your Eldrazi deck. I'm gonna exile three of your things, but I'm still gonna send a 15-15 your way, an 18-18 your way, and a 10-10 your way. Exactly, and I think these, I think these abilities the ones that as I was as I was kind of reading through the deck, I think the abilities that target anything as opposed to um, 
target player that you're attacking or something sure. along those lines. I think those ones you just get so much bang for your buck. Uh, and also, I got to pour one out because one of the Aldrazi's didn't make the 2021 cut, unfortunately. So here we go. <laughs> oh my god! It just sounded like you drowned. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying. <laughs> But yeah, very cool card. I I will say it's a little expensive, but I think that's the reason this deck, if this was a, let's just call it five drop, this goes from a six to an eight, like power level. Like if those types of cards were cost five, but the fact that it costs seven, it's scary, but that's kind of what makes Commander very cool. Like these big flashy spells, and especially when you're able to get three of them on the battlefield, that's pretty neat. Totally, totally agree. All right. Tuck, there's one more. Are we three? I have another, three? I'm another, it's, I'm another seven drop. Oh, nope, not it. Okay. Um, this is a card that I think is, in my opinion, doesn't get enough play or love. And I think it is because of the the casting cost. It's really expensive. It's really expensive. Overseer the Dam, though, I think does a lot of does a lot of work. So five colorless black black uh, creature demon. It's a five five flyer. When it enters the battlefield, you may destroy target creature. Whenever a non token creature an opponent controls dies, put a two two black zombie creature token onto the battlefield tapped. So this with the in an ideal world or in a normal world, you're paying seven or maybe slightly reduced. You're blowing up any creature that you want, and you're also getting two two zombie immediately, right? Sure. And usually this the decks that I think this sees the most shine in is um, decks like uh, a lot of death and taxes where, you know, a lot of sacrifice, opponent sacrifice and stuff, and you're just getting zombies every which way. Sure. The thing that I think that this deck really benefits from is token, incidental token creation. Yes. Because you're going to encore something, and even if you encore this, so you're killing three, you're killing three creatures, you're getting three six six zombies, and then you're swinging in for five apiece, right? Yeah, two each it way. It, th- this deck is kind of like taking steroids. Taking steroids, <laughs> you, you get big and beefy, like these big beefy creatures. Incidentally, you get back knee. It's just, it's just, a, <laughs> exactly. it's just a little accident. <laughs> so um, I think I think cards that replace themselves off the encore, which we'll get into later. I think those ones really shine, really shine here, and will help you push through to the end of the game to at least make it to the next encore, the next attack step. And you didn't even hit on it. When you encore this out, you're actually going to make nine zombies. Because each oh, because they all see, oh yeah, they all see each other. They all see each other die. Yeah, so right, right, right. It, it's it's pretty neat. I think the reason this probably doesn't see enough play is the seven is a lot, but I think it's because yeah. it's the non-token creature. You're not allowed to hit tokens. That I mean, granted, if you're doing a removal spell, you're usually not using it on a token unless it's like a desolation twin to a yeah. token or something. Or uh, a uh, uh, cauldra. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, the the last thing I'll say about this is at some point, at some point, this card was like fifteen dollars. That upsets me because that make that gives me hope that maybe Gaia's Cradles <laughs> for eight hundred dollars could be fifteen dollars again one day. One day, man. One, from your from your mouth to Heliod's ears, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, my last one is a new removal spell, I believe. I actually really like it because it does a couple things in the deck. So I'm talking about Spark Harvest. So it's a single black. It's a sorcery. Um, as an additional cast to cost a spell, sack a creature or pay three colorless black, which you'll never do. So it's one black, sack a creature, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Wish the harvest of Domri Spock. The Elder Spell begun to fuel Bolus's ascension into godhood. 
so the thing I like about this is Planeswalkers can be a challenge from time to time. Um, this deck isn't necessarily getting lots of creatures to the board that can go at a single opponent. I mm -hmm. am going tall in essence because I'm just kind of hitting each opponent with one thing typically. So mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. usually going to be able to deal with Planeswalkers as easily as maybe my opponents. And if someone does have a Planeswalker like... I uh, um Ashiok that can exile graveyards. I need a way to get rid of it. Ooh, I'm gonna right, be right, right. So being able to pay a black, destroy the Ashiok is fantastic value. But then we've talked about it. I gotta find ways to get stuff to the graveyard. So if I cast Phyrexian and Jester on X turn and you know it exiled a thing. Three turns. Exiles Y. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, like it. And three turns later, now Tuck plopped down a Blightsteel Colossus. It's like, I need to encore this SOB out or I'm about to die. Like, mm -hmm. that is no bueno for me. <laughs> Let's spend a black. I can sack it. Let me destroy a Planeswalker or a creature. And then I can encore it out, deal with the the issue, the Blightsteel, the whatever. And then I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable again. I'm back to the races. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's not quite murder. I mean, murder is. Is the well, standard. I was gonna say this. I, I was, I was literally just gonna say this is just a better murderer, especially in this deck. But hey, here you go. <laughs> but it's sorcery speed. But <laughs> that do does, like that does suck. Yeah. But I do like the fact that it's in essence getting two cards to my graveyard: the creature I sacrifice and the spark harvest, and I'm dealing with a problematic something. Yeah. Uh, and the only thing I'll add on top of that is because those tokens stick around till the end of turn once they're encored you i think you want as much stuff as you can do with them right so because this is sorcery speed it kind of gives you the impetus to make a decision when you have something encored whether it's a baleful strix or a phyrixian ingester that's just going to be sacked anyways so yeah. trying to get that trying trying to eke out those values before the encore trigger uh before end step where you have to sacrifice them anyways i think that's something that that this deck can can really um leverage to its advantage as well no i like that all right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the board Satan hot profile. Now we're going to head over to how does the deck kind of win in the yeast package? And Big Tech, I'm just going to tell you right now, if you're looking at my deck alphabetical order, the first one, the second one, and the fourth one, that's what I got because they're, uh, in my opinion, the best. Okay, well, we got, we got, wait, the first one, the second one, and the third one? And the fourth one. Okay, well... I have the first one, the third one, and the last one. So right. let's get it well, out of the way. Let's do Ready? The first one. One, yep. two, three. It's that betrays. It's that betrays. Oof. Oof. 12 uh, colorless creature Eldrazi. I'll read it. I've made it read enough. Uh, Annihilator <laughs> 2. So whenever this creature attacks, defending player sacks two permanents. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a non token permanent, put that card under the battlefield, under my control. And then, because I was trying to zoom in to read it, because I'm on a screen that's super. Far I can away. I can do the I can do the. Oh, the, I want to hear your voice. Like, what is okay. this? Like old timey prospector? Is it like scared <coughs> civilian? God, you sound like Robert Baratheon on his deathbed. <laughs> God's God's how strong. So the thing I Twelve mana's a lot, Mr. Combo. It turns it out twelve's quite a bit. But here's the thing. A, I also ripped this in my boxing league. Didn't even get to oh. see it. Really upsetting. <laughs> um B, here's the kicker, guys. Very seldomly am I probably gonna cast this from my hand. I'm probably gonna pitch it to the yard that mid, early, even late yeah. game. Because it is 12 mana and we're in Demir. But here's the thing, if I'm able to encore this out 
It's not a game winner, but damn, it's going to be it's, hard to beat me because I'm stealing probably six permanents total. Yeah. And now you got to block three 11 11s. Yeah. This is, I think this, this card, the one that you're talking about, the fourth one, I think that. This oh, one that and that back breaking. Yeah, those 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 two are your best chance of one shotting someone, right? Yeah. And I think I think to your point about this being so expensive, you this is a card it, it follows the same exact thing we've talked about so many times where if you're going to pay 8 for a card on the top end, it better do something horrendous, right? Yeah. And especially if you, especially if you come to nagle it where it's like after a board wipe, after sure. um, a disc, that sort of thing and you're still left with your you're still left with the resources to do it very few people can stop it right um that being said it isn't there if it's if depending on the situation of the game people could just have tokens or they have lands to sack or something like that right so it is situational but the upside of the advantage that you will get even if let's say you just get six lands right yeah let's say that's that's worst case scenario next turn you can literally encore anything you want in the in your in your entire graveyard and cast something no, from your hand yeah, I was about easily. to say, because you're already encoring for 12, you could probably do anything you want, but then, because <laughs> yeah. usually if you're encoring for 12, I'm tapped out, I'm done. But then on top of that, cast stuff from your hand, that's just gross. Yeah, and yeah. You know, some, and something, Tuck, we haven't talked about. Um, I talked about it earlier in the week on 40 Life and a Dash. I think the cool thing about encore is blue control decks have a very hard time dealing with it. Is very there are blue counter spells that deal with activated abilities, but there's not a lot. Right. Yeah. So and that's the cycles. This allows the world. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how I was able to deal with Duff in that last forty light in a dash. Is like, hey, let me bend the cards that I want to be able to get out with Carador, because then I can use Carador's ability to get it to the battlefield opposed right. to casting it from my hand. Um, yeah. And so, you know, if that betrays is absolutely a counterspell target. And so like mm -hmm. turn four, hey, I'm gonna Teferi plus one, Ben, if that betrays. Guys, don't see worry, it's 12 mana, see, it's, see turn four. it's turn four, I, I'm desperate, I'm desperate. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I agreed, it is cool. It also is shocking that it's $17, but I guess it's never been reprinted, so there you have it. Yeah, there you go, all right. Dude. And, and somehow I pulled that Ristic study. Uh, yeah. uh, I just, my packs were just yeah. money. Yeah, you're, oh, uh, Citadel of Pain, which is $10 now for yeah. no reason. Oh, that's just sitting on my desk upstairs. Yeah. I think covered in paper? I don't know. I hope so. All right, well, what is your second one? So if this was gonna be a pre-con, and every pre-con comes with like a backup commander or two, this would definitely be the backup commander. hundred oh, percent. Without, right? Like, no questions no questions asked. The price is right, um, the ability's right and everything. So, let's, carry and this is- card. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it's good. Uh, and this is another card that I like and still, and haven't quite figured out where it goes and it fits perfect in the stack. So Lazab the Multifarious is just a beating uh, colorless black or Demir, sorry, Demir, blue black, legendary creature, shapeshifter, it's a mythic, Co uh, one three on the field. When it airs a battlefield, surveil one, perfect. Take it or leave it, right? Yep. Comp, take it, put it to hand. Maybe it's a draw spell, maybe it's a Codex Shredder. If not, we'll deal with that later, right? Great out the gates. X, uh, colorless. And Lazab the Multifarious becomes a copy of target creature card in your graveyard with converted mana cost X, except its name is Lazab the Multifarious. It's legendary in addition to its other types and it has his ability. So again, it's just like, it's effectively a second worst copy of uh, Arami. 
Yeah. Because again, if you get to the point where you have 12, you pay this for two, you look, it's an if that betrays, see ya, next turn, yeah. you're swinging in with it already. Um, yeah. And even in, even in the early game, um, I don't think you have, you have a lot of you have a lot of ETB effects as you should. You don't have you do have a few things that have static abilities. Well, and um, I do have some tap like deranged assistant, yeah, tap yes, a card, sure. get a color list. So there, Ab- there's absolutely. some little value things sprinkled in. Right. But you also have stuff where you also have a lot of things where if something dies or if if it gets a board wiped, and that's why I think that this card in particular is very powerful in the stack. Because you can do this at any time, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be an attacker. It can also be a reactionary measure to deal with someone else's board wipe or something else along those lines. No, 100%. Well, I, I guess I have to pause the uh, the podcast right now because I'm confused. I feel like I'm talking to Batman. It got real dark wherever Tuck is. <laughs> I need to... Uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it Bruce Wayne? We were, is it we Batman? Reco- is it we recorded so early, I didn't have to turn on my light yet. But I, I was like, my eyes are killing me. Let me wear my glasses. But yeah, I think you hit everything on the head. The reason Lazav is a yeast is because I legitimately can play it turn 10 beyond and immediately activate it, immediately make it something disgusting. Yeah. And you know be be able to kind of go off to the races with it it can kind of protect itself hey you're about Mm -hmm. to like you said board wipe let's make it something that's you know if it's a damage based red spell let's make it a little bit bigger let's make it indestructible hey you're about to do you know another thing i know you're not talking about this card sir conrad oh you're about to do something really gross and everything's gonna die okay i'll turn it into sir conrad and i'll probably win the game how many yeah. times have we seen sir nathan do that with sir conrad yep. um 100 so 100p 100p it's, baby it's interesting because it almost should be a hops card because it can kind of mold to whatever my opponents are doing and interact but i think it's top end is so top end that yeah. it's hard to ignore it's it definitely in this deck feels like one of those cards we've talked about that could depending on when you play it could be any one of the categories right it can even be yeah. spice if you're doing something silly with it so sure. just really like i said this is a card that got spoiled and i liked and it's just awesome to see a home for it that works so this is a the card i'm going to talk about is a card that's been in my binder for a hot minute and i've Ooh. always wanted a home for it because i love the dragon legends uh but it just it seemed over oh, right. for what it does but holy balls with encore is it good yeah we're talking about kaiga the tide star Five colorless blue, legendary creature, dragon spirit. It's a rare, it's a 5-5, five, five, flyer. When Kaiga dies, gain control of target creature. The pull of the tide star holds eternal may. Sway? Sway. Who needs glasses now? You have two, your TV is too damn big. It is too damn big. Um, well, and then, of course, with tapped out, whenever I like zoom in with it, it like shifts the card image so that oh, I yeah. can see it. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so I, I I like this card for a couple reasons. One, I think paying six for it to just cast it from my hand is okay. That's like desperate move. There's flyers coming at me. I need a blocker. They probably don't want it to die. Blah, blah, blah. Most likely, though, I'm going to bin it through one of my uh, rummage, one of my draw discards, something Codex Shredder. I'm trying to get this to the graveyard because paying six to maybe steal one creature doesn't feel good. Paying six, exiling three cards from my graveyard and encoring it, and yes, I'll have to immediately sacrifice two of them, but then it could be one of those situations to where, you know, we talked about it, encore, you have to send one to each opponent. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, what if the one opponent I want to kill, 
they have two blockers. All three enter, two of them have to get sacrificed. I sacrifice the ones that aren't going at that one. Let me steal your blockers and now I kill yep. you. Um, Absolutely. And now, at the end of turn when I sacrifice this, I steal another creature and now I have basically replaced my Encore. I had three Kaigas, I could only attack with one, but now I have three of whatever I want. I think yeah. this is the kind of ability that actually makes this card good. There's a, so I I almost had a card, so I'm not putting this card in and I'm not trying to bury the lead on the, um, on the bottle capping, but I think there's a build of this, I think there's a build where you really lean into the legendary effects, right? Because a lot of them are good. They enter the battlefields and dies, and then you can play something like Shakasima, the new one where the legend rule doesn't apply, and get those attacks in. Um, I was gonna put it in, then I realized I think you have like maybe six legendary creatures in the entire yeah. deck. So, but I think that there are ways to build this deck where you can get kind of both both the best of both worlds, right? Of those big legendary swing-ins and their abilities dying. And I think Kaiga specifically is like a prime example of that, right? Completely agree with you. Six mana. I didn't even run this in my dragon's deck, to be honest with you, because yeah. it's just I mean, way too much. You? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's I, I, I completely agree again with the fact that like it's another cool card and it works so well in this deck. Casted, Encored, whatever way you call it. Yeah, because let's just be honest, guys. If anything said, pay a colorless blue, steal a creature, you'd play it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's yeah. literally what Encoring this is. <laughs> pay a colorless blue, steal a creature. So... It's also, right, funny, it's, it's also funny to think that this deck gets worse. Most decks, the fewer opponents you have, the more excited you are to play it. But this oh, one's this like the opposite. so much worse. <laughs> but this, this deck is kind of like uh, Sir Nathan, Sir Conrad deck. He will not play it typically in three pods or less because yeah. he needs the multiple opponents. And I think mm -hmm. this is one of those decks as well is like, I almost kind of want to be able to figure out some big splashy way to kill everyone at once, opposed right. to let me kill you now, now let me kill you now. Yeah. Awesome, this, On Encore this, one. Yeah, well there's probably time, there's, there, there will probably be times in you playing this deck where you realize that you could kill someone, and then you look at your board, you realize it'd be disadvantageous to do so. <laughs> so you're like, ah, I don't want to. All right, uh, Buck, well what's your last yeast card? We had to bring it up. I I think we've only talked about this uh, once or twice, but just Wormcoil Engine is just busted. It's oh such a good God. card. And it's, 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 it's stupid. It's so stupid. So for those who don't know, and now it's $16, I might actually have to go pick up a copy of it. How much? I think I only have the one. Oh, like 30, 40, something like that. Yeah, believe it. Uh, so Wormcoil Engine is just, uh, there's a, I've talked to people who have the argument where you can just put this in every commander deck and they're probably not wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, six colors six colors for a six six artifact creature worm it's a mythic rare about 17 dollars death touch lifelink already on its face incredible when it dies create a three three colorless worm artifact creature token with the death touch and a three three colorless worm artifact creature token with lifelink i don't think that pound for pound there's a card that you get better value at anywhere any anywhere anytime you cast it in this deck in particular you don't think because sphere is that in here uh no, oh well I'm saying I, I'm just saying like sorry I thought you were just talking about in general my bad no 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 I'm talking about in this in this deck in particular right because worst worst case scenario you have a six six death plus life link on the board that's gonna die and, and compost itself right yeah. that's worst case you gain six life back immediately kill a creature whatever so that's like the lowest bottom end which is insane value for six 
But the encoring this for six and three cards is absurd. So you're guaranteed to at least kill three creatures that they're blocking of any variety. You gain what? 18. Uh, 18, 18 life. And then you're left over with the exact same amount of value that you had putting into it. Yeah. So it's just, like I said, I don't know. I This is kind of the same people who who have that argument of like, it should go in every deck. They're the same people. It's like, put a swords of X and Y in every single deck that you own, just because sure. you never know. Man, man um, so, in every deck. Yeah, yeah, right. So I don't necessarily agree with that, but the amount of value that it generates in this deck repeatedly on cast and from the graveyard is just completely bonkers. Yeah, and I mean, that's the only reason it's in the deck is because it's mm. value. Yeah. I don't, Okay, so I run this in my Carador deck, and it's purely because you know I can play it, I can set the same, it, the same reason, yeah, and then I can pay, but then it's paying six to bring it back out each time. I think this deck is better because, in theory, your top end that you pay is twelve mana, exile three cards, you gain twenty four life, and you're going to make four three three lifelinks and four three three death touch creatures which that yeah. could win you the game on the next turn oh. if they can't board wipe yeah completely agree and and i think even here we've talked a lot about like floor and ceiling in this deck and i think this one has the narrowest of the two right because uh -huh. even just playing it out of its gates at the low end is still so solid with the backup plan in it as well Sure. So yeah, just just a. Did you have one of these lying around? Question mark. Yeah, I, I pulled it in double masters. Oh, nice. So before I get to my last card, I do want to do a special shout out because we <laughs> this card left and right, but this deck it actually does do well. Sepulchral Primordial is actually good in this deck. Interesting. And the only reason it's good in this deck is if you encore it out for seven, even if only one opponent has decent creatures. That is three creatures you get from their graveyard, which is phenomenal for seven mana. But it's super top end is you're getting nine creatures yeah. for seven mana. That is really, really good. And that is value you can't deny. It's been, it was kind of on the cutting list, but I want to see it work on it because again, you're just, you're, if you had, I think I would agree with you. I'm fine with it because I want to see it actually, I want to see this card actually work because I own enough damn copies of it. Um, <laughs> I think if you ran more mill stuff, like everyone mill stuff, I think this card would really shine in this deck. But I'll let you, I'll let you, I'll let you have it for now. All right. Well, obviously we're talking about it. Uh, my last one is Massacre Worm because oh. this potentially on Encore wins me the game on the spot. So three colorless, black, 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 Creature Worm from M21 is my copy. It's a 6-5. When it ETBs, creatures your opponent's control get neg two, neg two until end of turn. So if you Encore this out, your creature's opponents are getting negative six, negative six until end of turn. I think we can agree. That's basically a board wipe for my yeah. opponents. Yeah, Nine pretty times much. <laughs> Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, that player loses two life. Oh, wait, Tuck, let me rephrase that. <laughs> when you encore this out, whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, that player loses six life. Oh, because each massacre worm will so, see it. It's so good. Um, so, I mean, it's not out of the realm for each opponent to have maybe five creatures, four to five. Yeah. That's 24 to 30 life. Co By the couple time minutes. On by the time I'm encoring this that late in the game, that's probably your life total, 24 yeah. to 30, somewhere in there. Yeah, you have, like, if you factor in, okay, there's only been one board wipe in the game, and even if you, like you said, 
if you have a screaming hot run out of this and you get this in on turn five, then it's even better, which is like, I don't know. I don't think so. You don't think because so? It, it, Cause I think part of its value, like if you're just saying like, oh, you got a six five that you could swing at. Okay, cool. <clears throat> but I think I only want to play this. Now, if you're talking about from my hand, sure. But I'm only going to encore this when someone has five or six creatures. Right. Because you just, you just I, don't get the value. Yeah. I agree. But I was saying there there are, the, I agree with that. There are games that someone on turn five, if you're playing the right deck, Ooh. all of them could have five creatures out already. Gotcha. Right. And then you just play this and it's over. So, yeah, I, this is probably the... It's probably the best. The it's got to be right. I mean, next to Rings of Bright Hearth, which is also in my East, because you can do yeah. Encore twice. Um, but I have found because I have been able to get rings during the EDH Boxing League, um, and that means you're having to Encore six cards out of the graveyard plus your two mm. creatures. You start to get a little, and then you got to pay the mana for it, so you do start to get a little resource yeah. strapped. But uh, I would put Massacre Worm right there with it. Yeah, it's just a, it's a beating. I, again, I can't believe you just had one lying around. It's so good. From M21. There we go. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to head over to the spice package, guys. And Big Tuck, I think we're picking the same card. It's got it's to gotta be. It's got to be, right? Three, Call us two, Ahab and, uh, and uh, wait, Ish <laughs> Ahab and Ishmael right here. Here we go. Right. Ready? Three, two, one. Pursue Pursued whale. whale. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm, so proud. Blue, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you. Whale. It's, I don't, it's so fringe. It's so fringe. I don't care. It's so great. And I'm so proud of you because I know you just had all these lying around and just windmill slammed it like some sort of maniac, like some sort of big tuck. And I just couldn't be happier. So uh, <laughs> when Pursued Whale enters the battlefield, each creature or sorry, each opponent creates a 1-1 red pirate creature token with this creature can't block and creatures you control attack each combat of Fable. Spells your opponent's cast at target Pursued Whale cost three more to cast. I just love it. Like, there's no downside. You encore it and they get, okay, congratulations. Here's three eight eights, and you all get, what, three one ones? Great. That can't block. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here, here's the thing, though. That theory only works if they have no other creatures. Because the big oh. negative to this is that they do have to attack, and who are they probably oh. going to attack? <laughs> Me. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. But this does two things that I love on a magic card. A, it creates off-color tokens. I love yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that is, I, I, I'm there for it. And B, it goads, uh, yeah. which is just fantastic. So uh, it, it is a card that I will say, if this deck ever gets trying to be a little bit better and trying to figure out what its identity is, it'll probably be one of the first ones to be cut unless I'm gonna, unless I put in propaganda, if I start putting in some of those yeah. mirror staples, which I've tried to stay away from to a certain extent in the deck, um, but it is, it is a very cute card. Yeah. Uh, and I hope I get to do it one day because I can, just you want everyone to laugh. There is, there is like a kind of like third option of branch where it's just cute card. Like you're like, okay, I know I'm not going to win with this deck, so I might as well have sure. fun. And it's just all like bizarro cute cards like this that like kind of offer incidental value, but not really. See, the issue though is our play group, you can't really play cute decks yeah. because you'll die real. Yeah, because you'll, and I'm quoting here, die on turn five because you couldn't protect yourself. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that wraps up the spice package. 
Now we're on to the bottle capping. As a reminder, it's gonna be Big Tux and Ice cuts and adds to the deck that are gonna be under $5, under 50 bucks, and a no budget recommendation. We just can't talk about mana only lands. So, so I have a I have a turn zero here. That's really gonna make this easy for you. You take Sissé's ring, take it out of the sleeve, and then you take Soul Ring, just put it right on in there. There you go. <laughs> Let me let me let me save let me save you four let me save you three mana because I know you got piles of them and Mr. Combo if you don't guess who does me I'm like fifteen now. God, what are you like, Michael Jordan now? Just wearing all your rings? <laughs> well, I I like okay. So I took a bunch of like soul rings and other like utility stuff, and I put them in my bulk bin to give away. And then that lasted for all a week. And then I, then I was like, eh, and like what? Gonna take them all out? <laughs> but say you're just gonna give away soul rings? <laughs> no, and this was like what it's incredible. I have like I have like a, a small box of like crap rares, mostly allies that I'm just gonna like sell for cents on the dollar. And I was like, okay, I can sprinkle in a few soarings in here and make it seem like it's worth more than it is. And then I just panicked and put them back in my binder. <laughs> So the first card I'm gonna cut is a card that I wanted to work in this deck because I think it actually does great, but I'm missing a lot of death touch to actually make it worthwhile. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna be cutting Hooded Blightfang. I think this works great with Encore. It's just this can't, I think I only have two other death touch creatures in the entire deck. That's not worth it. So two colorless black creature snake from M21. It's one four death touch. When a creature you control with death touch attacks, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. Cause in theory, that would mean, cause each of them sees each, See each other. other. Yeah. So then what does that end up? That's three on each and I gain so, three. So you get nine, right? It would, it, would it be nine? Cause this one would be three. Cause it sees, yep. It sees itself and the two others. This one sees itself and the two others, right? So yeah. it'd be nine. So it'd be nine. So nine is good for three. Um, well, and an eight, I gain, and, and I gain an eight, nine yeah. life. Whenever a creature you control death touch deals damage to a planeswalker, destroy that planeswalker. So I actually run this in my Shirai deck, but it's because I counted and I think I have a. I think I have 10 death touch. And even that I was like, oh, this seems yeah. kind of fringe, but I think I can make it work because I can get a lot of those one power guys back in here having two. I, even though it's top end is stupid good, I don't think it's good enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. Um, I think there's a reason why it's in the spice, right? If you wanted to build, I think Hooded Blightfang is a very strong card, but yeah. that comes with the cost of like, it kind of it's kind of a build around card a little bit, right? A little bit like you're not just gonna slam this in every deck so you, you, there's a there's a version of this deck that exists that this card is an all-star in i'm not convinced it's this one so the card i want to add into the deck i think could do Rexy a little Arena. bit more no i think it could do a little bit more you don't even need to google it uh you know what the card is oh. uh gray merchant of asphodel Oh my God. <laughs> yes. I think this does a little bit more, but here's the issue. The tokens don't have black pips, so you're not gonna get Ooh. their effect off the Encore. What's gonna end up happening is you, you're gonna get three triggers of Grey Merchant. So Grey Merchant of Asphodel, three colorless black black, creature zombie, it's a two four. One of the ETBs, each opponent loses X life or X is your devotion to black, <coughs> gain life. Uh, equal to the life loss this way, and each black and the mana cost of permanence you control counts towards your devotion. So you're not going to get any devotion from then, which people online were saying you do, which I think is just wrong. 
Because they were saying each opponent just, would lose you, 21 life and you would gain 63, which I think that's wrong. For each opponent, but, a token... I don't think so. Because well, tokens... Tokens don't have... Yeah, they don't have a CMC. But they still, but it still has the pips on it. I think it does. I think that's only if you. Cr mm. Okay, so we'll just assume that people on the internet are right and I'm wrong. So I'm, I'm I, I don't know because I think I thought the same. I agree with you up front. So who knows, right? But, but, but so I, l l we'll talk about it this way. The high end that is probably wrong. Each opponent loses twenty one at a minimum with my commander on the battlefield because it's two from each gray merchant plus the one from Arami. Each gray merchant sees itself, so that's twenty one from each. I gained sixty three. That's a lot better than each opponent losing nine and me gaining nine. <laughs> yeah, right. The bottom shelf of it, though is if I just have my commander, each opponent loses three, I gain nine. So it's a little bit worse than the Hooded Blight thing, but that's the absolute bottom floor right. of it. If I just have anything else with Black Pips on the battlefield, it can get really, really out of control. Um, and so I think this could be another way that I could potentially win the game, like a Massacre Worm. Yeah. Hey, late game, I got some permanents. Let's Encore out Gray three copies of it and i think the thing that's going to take people tuck a little bit to get used to with this deck is they'll see gray merchant in the graveyard they're like oh god that's really good how many black pips does he have five okay so we'd each lose uh seven he gains 21 okay we can live through that i think they'll forget that i get the two other copies oh of the gray merchant yes, as well. yes 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 because you just don't see people getting three copies from a graveyard in that's one, just the encore yeah encore hasn't been out long enough for people to yeah. see that so no i like it i like it a lot i think it's like slam dunk um there's also you have flesh bag marauder there's all sorts of variations of that that are good just like um just yeah, just black mono black bombs, man, all day. Oh God, could you imagine encoring flesh bag? Oh yeah, you hey did guys. it to us. <laughs> hey, you know I'm just just each of you guys sacrifice three permanents and I'll just get rid of my three encore tokens. Yeah, whatever. Game. Yeah, don't, don't even matter. <laughs> all right, Tuck, what's your first cut for under five, and what are you gonna add? So I am gonna cut uh, your old pal Howling Golem. So Howling Golem that's, is that's fair. It's a leftover. I think it's a little bit of a leftover. I think it's a, a really strong card in a, like a boxing league, but I don't think it really pushes the needle here. So Howling Golem is three colorless. It's an artifact creature golem. It's a two, three. It wails of buried riches and the souls lost seeking them. Uh, whenever Howling Golem attacks or blocks, each player draws a card. If it wasn't the, if it was you draw a card, sure. But I think if you, even if you encore this out, you're, you're, you're drawing what? Three. Four three and then you're losing what nine because each other opponent is drawing three is trying three yeah. as well so uh i although ironically we just talked about how it's not a death touch deck this is one of my favorite cards of magic and certainly one of my favorite abilities uh legends are kind of sticky right they're kind of tough so i think you really need to have a strong ability if you're going to run a legend and i think our old pal lurking in the shadows in the lap of luxury fits the bill so gotti lord of luxury oh so much fun come on two colors yeah. two black for a legendary creature either born rogue death touch it's a two three no enters the battlefield look at the top four cards of tar target opponent's library exile one of them face down put the rest in the bottom in a random order you may look at that and cast that card for as long as it remains exiled you may spell any mana as those mana of any type to cast that spell 
So if we're playing against one dickhead person, the Tylers of the world, or someone who you know is just going to be brutalizing you. Again, we've talked about how these sort of effects, you don't have to take the card that's best for you. You can also take the one that's worse for them to lose. Mm. So being able to stack 12 cards on the top of someone's deck and take t- and take three that they can't do anything about for the rest of the game is worth the price of admission alone, in my opinion. It sucks. It does suck, and I hear you, where if you can't find the right person to find that, and you're also, the, a lot of the Encore stuff that we're trying to do is attacks, right, and finishing the game that way, but even casting this for four, chump blocking something big, and then encoring it later, I think will give you the value that you're looking for out of it, especially at the four drop. So I'll say this. I don't like the card for this deck, but I think the cut that you recommended is the perfect way to justify Gaunti in the deck because I think what the deck is missing is a way to actually win and finish the game. Mm -hmm. And Howling Golem is obviously not going to do that. (laughs) Gaunti is not going to do that. And I probably would rather pay one more mana to... uh, We'll just put it this way. I'd rather pay two total more mana to, if we also count encoring this out, yeah. to look at 20 car or 16 cards of someone's deck and exile four of them, then me potentially draw four cards and my opponents draw 12. Right. So I do think from that perspective, it actually does fit better and it gets me black pips for Gray Merchant, which is nice. Um, it does, Same. depending on your other cuts, it does somewhat diminish the Sphinx Summoner that I have in the deck because I don't have too many artifact creatures. I have seven. And so now Howling Golem, now I'm at six and it starts to make Sphinx Summoner kind of become that fringe card. Like, is it really worth five mana to just go get Worm Coil Engine? That, so honestly, like uh, Sphinx Summoner was kind of on the chopping block, but I think the fact that it can go get so many good cards, like, it, it pretty much just it six summoner just says I'm going to get, I'm going to get my creature ramp package and or worm coil engine because <laughs> you're going to get yeah. burnish heart solemn and do pilgrim's eye anything like that yeah. yeah yeah no that's fair all right under fifty I hate that I'm cutting this card I really do because I like it but I started to think about it it's a legend it only has two toughness which sucks. And with the Encore ability, because it does say one or more cards leave, you only at most get two tapped to two black zombie creature tokens. So I think cutting Tormod the Desecrator from this deck makes more sense than leaving it in. So three colorless black, legendary creature, zombie wizard. Whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, create a two tapped to two black zombie creature token. And because of the way that Arami is worded, Tap, exile cards from your graveyard equal the number of opponents you have. Target card in your graveyard gains Encore till end of turn. So you tap it, you exile the three, you get your first two, two, and then target card in the graveyard gains Encore. But it's not like you do it all in the same thing. You can Encore after you Encore after it's resolved. So then you get your second two, two tap zombie. And so that's nice. And I think if the zombies came in untapped or if Tormod had like a four or five toughness, I could justify it a little bit more, but it's a four, two and I'm getting tapped at most two, two black zombies. So I'm actually doing a last minute change. I'm actually also going to cut this card because I didn't realize I thought that since you're exiling the three cards, you get three zombies, but then I reread it. You just get the one. So 
I, I'm on board. This was one that was kind of eyeballing as well, where I, I don't know if you're going to get the value that you want out of it, right? I, can, I completely agree with you on that. Cool. Well, the card I'm going to add is one of your favorite Titans. It's a big Ooh. boy, and when you encore him, you get way more zombies than Tormach <laughs> can ever make. So we're talking about your old pal Grave Titan. So, four Love colorless it. black black creature giant. It's a mythic. It's a 6-6 six, six for $9. God. Good God. Hey, hey, uh, count your blessings. This used to be a $20 card. Uh, Death Touch. I, I love oh. how we're getting away from Death Touch, yet we keep adding Death Touch. <laughs> we're turning into Death Touch Tribal. We're keeping Hooded Blightfrag in. Uh, whenever Grave Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, put two 2-2 two, two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield. Death and form and function. So here's the thing. Oh, this is bonkers. On, on its low end, it's just Grave Titan, which is a good card. Everyone already knows it's in almost yeah. 15,000 decks on EDH Rec. That what? Yeah. Wow. So it, it's a great card, but it's Encore end. Here's what you guys get. Here's what you get. On ETB, you get 30 power. Three 6-6 <laughs> six, six Grave Titans and what would that be? Uh, so three six six grave titans, six two two black zombies. Then they attack for their encore. You get another <laughs> six two two black zombies to the battlefield, and then your grave titans go away. So basically, for six mana, exiling three, you did a total of what's that? 30, 34, 30, 42 power for six yeah. mana. That is absurd. I think if you compare this to a lot of the other cards in this deck, the fact that they don't come in tapped at all, and you have this reserve of defenses, because that uh, one of my cuts will kind of address that as well. Like you need a way to defend yourself in this game, right? Yes. And these these lasting effects, especially Grave Titan, where now not only do you have, because I mean, you almost effectively you're one mana short from Army of the Damned when you cast yep. this from Encore, right? Which usually is enough to win the game and you, they can block. So people can't even come in and try to rush you out. So yeah, it's I, the thing that I, the only thing I don't like about it is it is kind of like a generic good black card, but the sure. fact that, but it, but the fact that it plays into all aspects of this deck in every single form and function to me makes it see, makes it way less, makes it a little more slimy than greasy. Well, and I think it's to the point of the worm coil. Like you could make the just, and obviously people on EDH rec do it. Just put a green Titan in every black deck, put yep. a worm coil in every EDH deck. But this deck, because of the way Encore works, it just makes it that much more oppressive growth. Yes, 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 yes. It's also such a new mechanic to where it's like people are interested. They're mm -hmm. scared, but it's yeah. like, well, it's, it's like you get your fear boner. Yeah, it's like whoa, it's, it's, it's that me. It's that me. It's that me where it's like mark me down as scared and horny. <laughs> Can't wait to see well, this. What are out. you gonna? What are you gonna replace Tormod with? I'm surprised you didn't have. I'm guessing you just don't have one of these lying around. In similar scope to how you chose one of my favorite cards that have been printed, I am gifting you with one of your favorite cards that have ever been printed. But I already have Alter the Brood in the deck. Very true, but you do not have an Agent of Treachery. So that actually was going to be my personal recommendation, and I did a last-minute cut from it. Because it's not it's, one it's, that I was eyeballing. It's not expensive enough. <laughs> no, it's. I'll I'll tell you why I you know I, when we I, get to my I, I, think, I was going to have this as an honorable mention. This yeah. card's amazing though. We're, yeah, so I think we're on the same kind of wavelength. So Agent of Treachery is five colorless, double blue for creature, human, rogue. Doesn't matter. Uh, two three. When it enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent. 
At the beginning of your end step, if you control three or more permanents, you don't own, draw three cards. The more secrets you have, the more easily you become my pawn. Uh, so, I know you like this card from the jump. Yep. <laughs> so I just like this card straight out. But I do like the fact that a lot of people just kind of see this as like a... Um, a treachery, a treachery with a body, yeah. right? But the fact that, and, and again, seven is just this weird gap. Like six, seven is like where all the top end is, right? So it's just funny yeah. that pretty much every card that we've talked about that we've gotten excited about has been six or seven. So and then you go to twelve, yeah, <laughs> seven and then twelve. Um, so I think the fact that when you do. This card is very impactful anyway when you cut it, right? Stealing a permanent, you're not going to just take a land. You're going to take probably the best card on the battlefield, right? Omniscience, Prosh, whatever the case may sure. be. But the fact that when you encore this out, if you do have three opponents, you immediately get to draw three cards after it resolves and after you sack everything else. Um, I think that's where the power really comes in, in my opinion. Yeah, well... And I think the thing I really like about it is, you know, once again, I build my decks top down. So yep. every single card I'm putting in the deck, I'm thinking of how does it work with Encore? How, how can I leverage it with Encore? And the challenge with Agent of Treachery and EDH is you traditionally have to run it in decks that steal permanents because that second ability, unless you're flickering it, you'll never get it. Yeah. <laughs> but with this deck and Encore, the three come out, I take three permanents. At the end of turn, I'm going to draw nine cards. Oh, right. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. disgusting. That's really good. And we've talked about it. I want stuff to the graveyard. I don't have no maximum hand size. Oh, you know what? I think I'll throw that, if that betrays down there. Let's throw the <laughs> yeah. great merchant in there. Like, which one do you want to exile, boys? Uh, yeah, it just, it, it's a fantastic card. Um, and like you did point out, you can steal the three biggest threats yep. or things that are hindering me from actually getting through. Yeah. Uh, and you do, there is, you do have your Thassa deep dwelling is kind of like a hail Mary. Cause you have all these super powerful ETBs just in case your commander gets killed four or five, six times. You can still kind of get that value out of them. I, you know, you know it's funny you mentioned that cause I legitimately went through the deck yesterday and was like, do I cut Thassa deep dwelling? Like, do I even have enough in here? And I was like, I, I think I counted, out of my 34 creatures, I had seven, 16 or 17 with ETB effects, which mm -hmm. I feel like if 50% of your creatures can do an ETB, yeah. then you can justify Thassa. And even looking at the ones that we're cutting, right? We're like Howling Golem, no effect, no ETB. Yep. Tormod the Desecrator, no effect. No ETB. Great Titan, Agent of Treachery, like just sticking those with the Thassa. You, I, I think there's a... Um, I don't think it's worth it or would be the color of the deck to build out a complete blink like conjurer's closet and that whole sure. that whole thing. But just having that option there, I think kind of gives you another out in similar scope to Lazav. Yeah, you know, the one artifact that I did consider putting it, I'm not adding it for one of my cut ads, and I don't think you are because you're not a degenerate. But I do think Panharmonicon is one to oh my god yeah. for the deck. <laughs> Could you imagine that with Encore with some of these oh. ETB things? <laughs> oh my god. Hey, wow. Master Worm, negative 12. I do oh kill everything except for Inner Cruel. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're on to the no budget. And boy, did I not break the bank. Yeah, that, I didn't. Do, that, I, I, think, I think Agent of Treachery was my most expensive at like $7. <laughs> but here, here is what I'm going to cut. I'm cutting the spice. I just 
And could it's this, funny because could this potentially be? Could this be where a trail of bread comes might no. lead you to? Oh. It would not. Um, I do like that card because it's a sack outlet, and I do need to gain life from time to time. But this card I'm cutting, even though we've added in zombies and ways to generate zombies, I just, yeah. I think it's, I think the it's, zombie token thing is a sub-sub theme of the deck. It's not one I should dedicate card slots to. So Liliana yeah. Untouched by Death, I just don't think has a home, and I should probably figure out if I have it in my Geese and Geralt deck, and if not, put it in there instead. To, to, be, to be fair, that was the thing that I swapped Tormod the Discreator with, but I really didn't want to cut two spice. Gotcha. Uh, so two colorless black black legendary planeswalker Liliana. It's a mythic from 19. It comes in with four loyalty plus one. Put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie card, each opponent loses two and you gain two minus two target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn where X is the number of zombies you control minus three. You may cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. Literally, I'd be paying four mana for a target. Granted, I guess it could throw people off and make them attack it, but you're paying four mana to mill three once a once a rotation. Yeah, I think I can do better. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So here's what you're gonna do: you're gonna take this out of the sleeve, go put it in Jesus Rolf, and put anything else in here. Anything we've talked about. All right. Here's what we're putting in, buddy. You're gonna hate it. It's so gross. It's so mean. <laughs> you're, you're gonna it's hate cold. it. It's called Grave Pact. Oh boy. <laughs> Colorless, black, 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 yeah. enchantment. Whenever a creature you control dies, each other player sacrifices yeah. a creature. Uh, let's see. Crovax is from Weatherland. Crovax Ascendant Evan Carr. I don't even know if that was uh, listenable, legible, or anything. <laughs> but we talked about it, guys. Yeah, those encore things get sacrificed at the end of turn, so they do get die triggers, which is a big difference from Myriad. So, hey, let me encore out, do some gross stuff. And by the way, at the end of my turn, uh, each opponent sack three creatures. Okay, yeah, it's it's it, there's really if we're if we're being if we're being dead to rights of magic players here, you need to have this and probably dictate an Erebos in here. Sure, if you want to be a DJ, but yeah, there's this. There's not a whole lot to be said, and it deals with pips. If Grey Merchant's going to be your big win out, right? Three's a lot. Yeah. Um, not the the thing that I just realized is that the particular art on the most recent one that's come out, the yes. <laughs> the illustrator, So wait, wait. What? Do you think that's the Joker? <laughs> Dude, oh, nice. He has 19 cards uh, that are on uh, tapped out. Or I'm sorry, rather Scryfall 17. And let me oh, tell you, they're all sweet. It's yeah, it's wild. That door to nothingness is is sweet art. I'm pretty sure most of these, except for like the bulk rare shit from um, like Mirrodin and the Commons, have been reprinted without his art. But like Nightmare Lash, that looks rad. Uh, it's cool. You, you know what? I'm kind of down for that uh, swamp. I That's, I was I, uh, I thought you'd totally like that Metal Man. It is totally Metal Man. Uh, oh, it's so only online. Oh, wait. Is it online? I don't know. Uh, so here's the thing, Puddinhead, uh, if you're listening, which you're not. So Collective, <laughs> go hit him up on Twitter. You need to start a Kickstarter instead of Seb McKinnon to get your playmats made. Because I will for sure. I would get a Door to Nothingness playmat yeah. and probably... Oh, gosh. I mean, just because it looks cool, Temporal Cascade is kind of neat. 
That swamp artwork is pretty oh, rad yeah. too. Oh god, unholy strength is real hardcore. God, I just like them all. Okay, I just hope he's not dead. On. That'd be sad. <laughs> um, all right, so grave pact. We agree. Uh, yes. Dunk. And you know what? And the funny thing is, Tuck, I'm surprised you didn't push back more on that. Just because I know you are. That is a little bit of a degen card. And so I'm surprised you're not like, boo, screw that. I'm surprised you're like, okay. I, I, I just think, think you know what it is. Here's here's what I'm dissecting with you. You know the deck's not very strong as is. So I think adding in a degen card that doesn't break it. You're like, okay, he, he needs a little bit of help. That's kind of what I'm doing, uh, reading between the, in the lenses. What, what's Ooh. your opinion? Yeah, I think, oh, hey, we have a wild squee join us. Um, I think, so yeah, I, Grave Pack to me is not a card that, it's a card that is broken, but cannot be broken itself. Oh, gotcha. If, if you don't have creatures on your battlefield, this card might as well just be flavor text, right? Sure. So I think there's certain, and there's certain decks that I own that abuse that, right? And there's certain decks that I've played against that I hate that also abuse that, right? Yeah. But I can't, I can't fault, I can't fault you putting in, putting this into a deck that needs this sort of value, right? And, sure. and what, and as I made mention previously, the sacrifice there's i don't feel like you have enough sac enough things with the sacrifice enough effects out of that sure. and 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 that's why it makes sense so i was kind of shocked not does not see it and in you it. know what and i guess if i wanted to make it sweatier i would do a, but a butcher of malakir instead of grave pack because that's a one-time use yep. and you can encore it and but when you yep. encore it that means everyone's sacking nine creatures which is real mm -hmm. gross yeah, that's really so good. Tuck, round out the episode. All right. What are you cutting and what are you adding? As we mentioned, we need ways to do things. We need stuff to do with these things. Witch's Oven, Our War. Oh, come on. It's a sack outlet. You can use it once a turn. One colorless. Witch's Oven is a one color. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Witch's Colorless <laughs> is a one, one drop artifact. It's not common from the the worst set ever printed, Throne of Eldraine. Oh, the weak deed smells trash. are both scrumptious and suspicious. A uh, little Yoda there for you. So tap. This is the issue, Mr. Mr. Combo. Tap, sack a creature. If it was just sack a creature, fine, leave it. Tap, sack a creature. Create a food it would token. Be too good. It would be too good. I, 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 yeah, sack. Yes, I agree. Um, so tap, sack a creature. Create a food token. If the sacrifice creature's toughness was four or greater, create two food, two food, black. Create two food tokens instead. Food, food tokens. Uh, and you can tap. You can pay two, tap them, sack, and gain three life. What yeah. value? So there's a lot of these free sack outlet artifacts, and I think the one that I will, I think that you would like the most out of here. You're forgetting something. There's flavor text. I read it. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, I read it, it first. <laughs> Sorry, it's that, it's that seven percent turbo yeah, cheese. Yeah. I just black. Oh my god, you actually drank. I just beer? blacked out. He's been drinking beer for like the last month. Um. So, anyways, okay. So, there's a lot of these free sack outlets, and I think that this one in particular. Some people would say like Ashnal's altar, right? But the problem is you don't really need the mana, and you're not sat, you're not creating a bunch of stuff to store up uh, to sack for later, right? Okay. Um, yeah. So, in my opinion, spawning pit 
Oh, it's the one that you might be looking for. I so thought you were going Alter of Dementia. No, 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 no. I, it's too like this is this card. It protects you, which I'll get to in just a second. So two colorless for an artifact. Um, it's from Dark Steel originally. Sack a creature, put a charge counter on Spawning Pit. Pay one, remove two charge counters from Spawning Pit. Create a two-two colorless spawn artifact creature token. So for me, this card is very similar in scope to Grave Titan, where you're going to get the value out of things leaving the battlefield, right? So as we talked about earlier, there are times in the early game where you're going to be encoring stuff just to get, just to go through your deck, just to kind of get some value, do some filtering, you know, kind of set up for your later turns. And this card, because it costs so little, you can get it out early. And it's also very... It's one of those things where people, if you play an Ashnalds, like this is a combo deck, we have to kill Ashnalds, right? If you play uh-huh. Phyrexian Arena, Alter Dimension, all that stuff, it's much scarier. This one reads a lot less frightening. But having this out will let you start building up and generating an army of defenders and maybe attackers after a board wipe, after that sort of thing. Um, the like i said, the all the other ones are just kind of one shots, and it just doesn't fit into the deck. But this kind of lets you kind of build your own end game build your own mid range game you don't have to do it on your turn you can do it in response to attackers if you're going to swing out the next turn you can do it at the beginning of the person to your right's end step i just think that of all the free sack outlets this one will get you the most bang for the buck yeah you know that's fair um i was hoping to have a place for witch's oven finally (laughs) actually make food tokens relevant but i i i I will i will say this it's uh you know what are they it's like the baker's half dozen you know uh, yeah yeah I, six 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 of one half a dozen of the other there we go um it, it's it's i like the baker's half dozen to, actually like six and a half trade two creatures for a two two colorless spawn artifact creature token or do you want to trade a creature for three life or six life i mean it's all kind of whatever um i think talk what would probably help me figure out the value of spawning pit in this deck playing it in our play group but mm-hmm. i've seen more flyers in our play group and yeah. so i'm almost wondering if there's some sort of free sack outlet that i could leverage like a goblin bombardment or something like that in these colors to where i could still get the value but then maybe i can deal with the stuff that i can't ping, deal with with stuff on the ping some flyers or something along those lines sure mm-hmm. yeah um, i can see that but, but I do, I do agree with the statement of I should probably have a sack outlet that doesn't tap, and I can use it more than once. Gotta agree with you. So there. with with that depressing thing of me agreeing with Tuck, <laughs> thanks for making it until the end, and I'm quitting the podcast. It's, I was gonna say it's true. It is true. It is truly the <laughs> darkest hour. As details, here's some uh, information about our giveaway from level one. We're actually going to be giving away a bunch of borderless planeswalkers, which is pretty cool. We're giving away a Narset of the Ancient One, the Royal Scions, Ashiok Nightmare Muse, Luca, Coppercoat Outcast, and Nissa Shadowed Bows, plus a CMD Power Playmat and Sleeves. To enter, it's super simple. Just promote the content we put out. We will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News March 2nd and social media soon after. And yes, we'll be doing these giveaways every single month. It could be a sweet set of cards like this. It could be a custom deck the team puts together. It just depends on what level one can hook us up with. But we would love five-star reviews. Hit that subscribe button, whether you're on YouTube or listening to us on a podcast, because the more we can grow the collective, the more that we can infect your minds. I'm just kidding. We just want to be friends. Uh, also, I'm just so, kidding. I want to infect I'm, you. I'm so, I'm so lonely. 
If you would like to get a hold of the cast and figure out how to uh, enter into the contest, here's how you could do that. Andy, are you recording? Yes. Okay. You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter. All spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I actually messaged a few people on Twitter today, so that was exciting. Um, and by and by one, I mean Mr. Bevers. Uh, but I'm still on Twitter at Big Tuck tweeting. God damn it! You just gave away who our guest was. You son of oh. a bitch. Edit that out. Redacted. It's redacted. <laughs> redacted. <laughs> redacted. Uh, you can reach. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can go to our website where we will have the deck list posted. CMDTower.com/slash/BNBE79. Basically, type in Court of Ambition, which I'm surprised you didn't talk about. Uh, Mana yeah. Drain. Not surprised you didn't talk about. Drange <laughs> Assistant Tower. Squee McGee, if people want to find out how to get a hold of your Manolith commentary and find out your thoughts that you have on the episode that you weren't able to listen to live, how would they do that? Oh, welcome. This is Wild Squee popping in at the end of the episode here. No big deal. I have no idea what they talked about, but uh, I'm sure it was fun. I'm glad y'all enjoyed the episode. You can find me at DearSquee at CMDTower.com. That's it. It's simple. Straightforward. He can handle all of your audio needs and does have a full studio if you are ever in the KC Metro area. Just remember, mass required, Pokeball's optional because he is wild and you probably won't catch him. Ooh, like it. Yeah. Like that. That thing's going to shake a couple times. I'm going to pop right out of there. She said the same thing about the condom. Oh, if you want to support more ways in our sponsor. Oh my God. Stuff, head over to level1gameshop.com. And when you place an order in the order notes, just type in CMD Towers. So they know that you came from. Nice. Uh, outside of their own storefront, they do have a TCG store. So if you like to purchase stuff that way, you can totally do that. They sell dice, play mats, everything that you need from a board game perspective. Seriously, help them because that helps you get more free shit. Another way you can actually support us by putting dollars in the pocket so we can upgrade equipment and give you guys more giveaways is go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash cmdtower. We have all the different tiers. Trust me, we do not make money. We absolutely lose money. So don't support the command zone. Support the CMD tower. <laughs> yeah. They don't need it. They got, they, they got Watsy's paycheck. We, we need yeah. the money more than they do. Exactly. Guys, this vaping left, right, and center. They're on salary with benefits and all that bull. I'm down here in my basement recording where some slides. My toes are freezing off. It's like 10 degrees in Kansas I'm City. I'm sitting, I'm, sitting, I'm sitting across from only $15,000 of magic cards. <laughs> I'm on the streets. I'm on the streets. Uh, it's, it's more like two grand. No big deal. <laughs> Uh -huh. no and plus you get additional entries into the monthly giveaways by being part of our patron community but hey if you can't afford a monthly commitment but you do want to get some swag and support us what you can you can head over to our store cmdtower.com slash merch we do sell our play mats our coins our reminder tokens everything on there I know once we get Tuck's equipment upgraded when he moves away here coming up in the next couple months, uh, we're going to start brewing the next ideas for our new patron stuff. So uh, if you don't do the monthly stuff, you'll be able to buy it in the store. And of course, Pink Royal, thanks for the music provided in the beginning and the end. And guys, make sure you go support at T.Coats. He does the YouTube stuff that I don't want to. We appreciate it. He busts his arse. And uh, you should definitely go hook him up with projects and, uh, you know, ideas. So Big Tuck. Also, shameless plug, Squeecoin. Go go grab it. It's, uh, it's worth at least $5 a coin. No big deal. Order them. 
they're going to be just thinking the value within two years. The value's over the over the moon. It's over the moon value. But clearly, it's not the value of Gaia's Cradle that's gone up three hundred percent in fourteen yeah. months. So, Big Tuck, Arami's just really into composting. How do you feel? You've heard about this deck. You played it in the boxing league. This is kind of the boxing league minus like 15 cards. Yeah. Uh, do you think we were able to create some blends to help this thing grow? Yes, I think I think we added a lot of nutrients. Um, I think we added a lot of manure to the compost in a good way. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I think it's just a really cool ability, you know. Um, it's kind of funny that they gave the rares and the uncommons in the set these kind of cool deals, right? Yeah. And and the big splashy mythics are just more kind of like generic filler ones looking at you, Shakashima, um, and Aurelia to some extent, or um, whatever the angel one is. So yeah, I, I think that, I, th I think that, yes, 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 yes. Um, I think that in playing this, you're really gonna find the groove because I feel like it's, I feel like, with the Commander Legends, you kind of start at like full arm spread, right? And you yeah. kind of got it down to here. And I think in playing it and putting in these swaps that we talked about, especially like the slam dunk ones, like the Great Titans of the World, um, and whatever I said, all three of mine that were all great, uh, Agent of Treasury. <laughs> um, but just part, kind of putting these things in and kind of not losing the spirit of the deck, but kind of making it making it a little more coherent, a little easier. I think that I think this deck is gonna be something that will be really fun to bring out and kind of wow people Yeah, I agree. Um I I I think it's just gonna have to be one of these decks that, you know, we always talk about the personas at the play play table, and I'm mm -hmm. usually always the number one enemy. Um, and I'm gonna have to play this deck enough, and I'm gonna have to take the lumps and bruises to where people can see it enough and be like, he can do some cool things with it, but he's literally a non-factor with his yeah. three counter spells and <laughs> uh, a couple game-winning cards, and that's it. Uh, so I think I'm gonna have to put in the time, I'm gonna have to put in the commitment, I'm gonna have to take the elves to finally be able to see what the deck can do. And it's somewhat similar to what Sir Nathan went through with his Gin deck, his uh, Mardu enchantments. He, uh, we, we played, you know, we talked about it in 40 Life and yeah. Dash earlier in the week. And uh, he, he made the comment at the end, this is the first game I've been able to play with it where I actually got to saw the deck do its thing. Yeah. And I think that's something to be said because we all recognize Sir Nathan's a, a good magic player. He doesn't yeah. build bad decks. He wants to win games. And so you just immediately target him out the gate. And I think that Mardu enchantment deck is kind of like this Demir Encore deck where it's it's probably fine, but it's not like powerful. It yeah. can't deal yeah. with a 2v1 or a 3v1. Mm -hmm. It needs to kind of be under the radar and do the art of the steel. Yes. And not so much the art of the Deville. Uh, absolutely couldn't agree with you more so yeah i'm excited to see this out in the wild and and hear and be regaled by many a tale from it well i'm ready to get the art out of heel <laughs> hell here <laughs> uh. <laughs>